Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I speak with future saints about being saints. Today's podcast is titled, How to Make Your Parish Holy. I have with me Father Putnam. How are you, Father? I'm good, thanks. So I am excited for today's episode. Um, We are talking to the pastor of the church that me and Meredith attend, uh, St. Mark's. And for today's episode, I wanted to talk to you, Father, uh, about the amazing parish and kind of to hear your insights as to why uh, St. Mark's is so incredible. And I hope that upon sharing some of these things uh, that other parishes might take it upon themselves to emphasize the same things uh, that we're going to talk about. I, I have a quick hypothesis. I'm not going to talk much today, but I do want to say just a few things. Um, I believe that St. Mark's truly helps men and women pursue holiness uh, in a greater way than so many other parishes or a lot of parishes, not because of the many outstanding parish groups and ministries, although those are important and beautiful, uh, but I, but instead I believe it to be because of the emphasis that is placed on the Eucharist through both the Mass and adoration, uh, but also the emphasis that's placed on the Sacrament of Confession. I think those two things, uh, most especially, and all that is connected to them is what makes St. Mark's what it is, and, and is a wonderful, I think, uh, roadmap for other parishes to to look similar and to, you know, as I said in the title, how to make your parish holy, how to 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 make it holy. And, and to back up this claim, uh, I'll briefly share my experience. I've live in or been active in in seven different dioceses uh in my life mostly a couple in ohio virginia kentucky and now here in north carolina i've been fortunate to visit hundreds of churches in my life and i i've certainly not seen it all but i do think i've seen my fair share um but i think saint mark's is unique and yet i think every parish could be a holy parish so to begin generally speaking uh, Father, do, do you agree with my assertion? Is is there anything, generally speaking, that you'd, you'd want to add to that before we go into some specifics? No, I mean, I think that's true. Um, I became pastor in 2014, um, so coming up on 10 years. And we had maybe 2016 we invited the Dominicans of the Eastern province to come and do a mission. And as part of that, they asked if we would offer confessions um, each night during the mission. And that was such a an enriching experience that I talked with the other priest at the time, and we decided that we were going to offer confessions before every Mass. Um, and that made a huge huge difference in the life of the parish. Obviously, my one of my predecessors, Monsignor Bello, who just died recently, God rest his soul, he opened the Adoration Chapel. And I've said that I think the Adoration Chapel is the heart uh, of the parish. It, you know, it's, there are folks adoring the Lord 24 hours a day. And that, along with the commitment to confession, which is difficult at times because you know, it takes a lot of uh, of effort and um, a lot of work on the priest, but I, I do think it makes a significant difference. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Let's talk a little specifics about the mass. Um, You guys offer mass two times daily, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three times on Friday, once on Saturday mornings, and then six masses uh, between Saturday evening and on Sunday for, uh, you know, for the Sabbath. So why as a pastor um, have you put such an emphasis on that? Because that's a lot. I mean, I know that you can go to a place in Rome or, you know, a place like Krakow or these big cities and you'll see that, but you're not seeing that very often here in, in the United States, most especially in uh, North Carolina, in the South. Yeah. Well, I mean, St. Mark is the, you know, the second largest parish in the diocese. So we have about 5,000 families. Um, and without the Mass, you know, there's there's no church. So it has to start at the altar, and it has to be from there that everything else takes its meaning. I mean, the, the Church says in the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy, the, the Eucharist is the source and the summit. So if we don't live that way, then we can't really be authentically Catholic. And certainly I've been fortunate in the uh, priests that have been assigned to assist me in the work of the parish, and they've all been of the same mind. Um, and I think the fruit of that is is borne out not only in the daily life of the parish, but in the number of vocations that we've seen, in the the way we respond to community needs. Um, there's not a day you don't walk into the church when you look to the left in the big bin and there's always supplies there to go to Catholic charities or to go to some of the other charitable endeavors that we have. So again, you can't put faith into action if it doesn't start with faith. And the faith has to be nourished first and foremost from the altar and from the ambo, from the word and the sacrament. Yeah. Well, and with that, I wanted to, to briefly talk about what that has done and what you guys have done as a parish to help men discern the priesthood and religious life. So I was looking, uh, I counted a few weeks ago at a Sunday mass, there's 22 altar servers. Uh, in the diocese, to my knowledge, if the poster is correct, there's 51 seminarians currently, maybe one or two of those guys have left um, or discerned out, but 12 of them are from St. Mark's. That is incredible. It, it, there has to be a correlation. Do you, can you speak a little bit about that? Because uh, you're smiling right now. There's joy in your face. One, I think, probably thinking of this, the altar servers, but two, thinking about 12 men discerning the priesthood. Um, I suppose, you know, one of the one of the greatest joys of my priesthood has been to be able to assist with with priestly vocations. I've been um, involved in one way or another with vocations from the beginning when I was ordained. I was the interim director of vocations for a time and then have been on the vocation board, you know, since for over, well over 15 years at this point. And um, I, I, I've always said that both from my previous parish, which was Sacred Heart in Salisbury, and they have some seminarians from there um, and here. The, the main thing that promotes vocations is happy priests, right? That the, the young men can see priests that love the church, that love the mass, 
and that loved the life. Um, while at the same time, having their eyes open clearly to see that, you know, there's struggles, there are ups and downs, there are difficulties. And yet there's also great blessings and graces that come. And without priests, there's there's no church. Um, there's no mass, there's no sacrament. And so yeah, just allowing the men to realize, the young men to realize that first as, as a Catholic young man, it's something that you should think about. It's something that you should be open to. And then beyond that, allowing them to explore that um, and encouraging them to do so. We, we've been blessed with the, the college seminary program. Um, that in of itself has been a great draw because they see seminarians at the parish on the weekend. They see seminarians around the diocese. The Eucharistic Congress, you know, is a, is a huge reality that brings together the whole church of Charlotte plus some more. And the seminarians are certainly very visible there. Um, it just gives me it gives me great joy to to have seminarians and you know and and religious were blessed with the sisters in the parish and they started an altar guild and you know we have a couple of young women who are either uh, in the convent or on the way to the convent and so you know again I think it all again goes back to the mass and how seriously we take what we do at the altar. Yeah, well, as somebody who served back in the day, I still remember those moments being that close to the altar. And of course, I'm I'm married, but I always had a great love and admiration and still do for the priesthood. And I think part of that came with that moment of being so close to the, the Eucharist and so close to the liturgy in a real way. So I think, you know, I think I see those altar servers and I'm always just edified and inspired by that. Um, I don't I don't have a number for this, but I did want to briefly just mention you go to Mass at St. Mark's. There are so many married couples and children, uh, even at the daily Mass. Um, clearly, people are drawn to family life as well. And I think this is something uh, that is also important to mention. Uh, do you have any insights into that and just the beauty of, of you know, that? I think um, I, I do think there's a correlation. I mean, I think the two go hand in hand. Um, obviously, we need each other, right? We need both. I mean, holy vocations come from holy families. So the more we do to support families, then the better off the church is going to be, the better off, you know, the community is going to be. And, um, you know, we embrace that. Uh, we have an active homeschool ministry. We have an active school uh, ministry. We have um, certainly a family ministry that started last year. So there's a very intentional effort to strengthen families because as Our Lady told Sister Lucy and Fatima, the final attack of the devil is going to be on marriage and family. So we have to make sure that we give families the tools, the weapons, spiritual weapons that they need to fight and to defend themselves. And I think when we do that, we, in the end, we strengthen not only the priesthood, but we strengthen the church as a whole. Yeah. Amen. Well, you mentioned this already, the Adoration Chapel. It's 24-7. To my knowledge, it's not only open most days. It's open every day. I feel like it It's op It was open on, on Christmas and stuff. I mean, those are that's incredible. So you have all of these adorers who are covering ours. How did the 
how did that come about just briefly? Um, and, and then how has that continued to impact the parish in your opinion? So, like I said, Monsignor Richard Bellow, um, who was the, the, the pastor who built the church, um, wanted to start perpetual adoration. He had that when he was at St. Gabe's down in Charlotte, and he knew how much it you know, made a difference there, and he wanted to bring that to St. Mark. Um, and so he got that started and, again, organized folks to, to take hours and um, it, it makes a huge difference. And we don't just have folks from St. Mark. We have folks from other parishes as well. I think St. Thomas now over in university, they've started adoration now too, which is wonderful. Um, and it's just nice to know that with the exception of those days when it's prohibited, such as um, during the Triduum, yep. that there's somebody in that chapel praying before the Blessed Sacrament for St. Mark Parish and for the church. Um, and that is huge. That yeah. Is huge. Every time I walk in there, I feel like there's 10 people. I mean, it seems like it's always, always packed, which is just so beautiful. Um, okay, briefly, we talked about confession a little bit, but you know, I offered before every single Mass. You also have extra hours on both Wednesdays and Saturdays. Um, and yet you said that, you know, at times it can be, you know, a challenge. Can you just briefly talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned how that came about that, you know, you were inspired, you had a parish mission, um, but, but why you've kept that practice and, and, you know, also if there's anything that is also done for you, uh, to, if you can just briefly talk about that as well. Um, you know, again, when we implemented it after the Dominican mission, um, I could see the fruit of it, right? I could see, you know, people changing, right? People having a desire to be holy. And, you know, you walk into the church and, you know, at at 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning, you know, and maybe you're half asleep and you see this line and it's like, oh, Lord. But, you know, the reality is they're there. And they want to go to confession. They want to have an encounter with Christ. And yeah, it it is it's a real commitment because then it we're not free necessarily then to do other things on Sunday, um, you know, that sometimes would be would be useful. So we juggle and we try to make things happen. Um, but you know, the people have not stopped coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, if you preach it. If you offer it, you know, it's like Field of Dreams that nobody probably remembers at this point. They, but they will come. If Field that it come, they will come. And that's certainly been our experience. And I think we've inspired some other places in the diocese to, to do something similar. Um, and that's been a good thing. I mean, during COVID, when, you know, everything was shut down, we set up, you know, outside on the sidewalk and you know, people wind up, you know. So I, I think it's been a very important component of our overall ministry. And as far as me as a priest, I mean, it, it, it heartens me that, you know, there are folks who want to be holy because it challenges me then to be holy and to be better at what I do. Because, you know, again, we need each other. And so 
you know, if if the priest is trying to be holy um, or, you know, seeking holiness, then his people are going to do the same thing. And it has an effect. Um, they pray, you know, one of the nicest things people say, you know, after after I hear their confession is, Father, I'm praying for you too. And I'm like, well, thanks be to God. I appreciate that. You know, yeah. That. Yeah. Amen. Well, I, I'd be remiss not to mention the witness uh, of you, the priest and, and, and your fellow priest. Uh, do you find yourself ever just thinking about, you know, what your example is to your parishioners, but also just I, the gravity or the beauty of what you get to be uh, to so many people? I I mean, I suppose at this point in my, my priesthood, um, it, it, it becomes just a part of my life. Um, I try to always remember when I was studying canon law years ago up in Washington, I, I was a chaplain for one of the convents of Mother Teresa's sisters. And in every sacristy, um, Mother Teresa ordered that uh, this little placard be posted, and it said, Priest of Jesus Christ, celebrate this Mass as if, it, as if it were your first Mass, as if it were your last Mass, as if it were your only Mass. And I've always remembered that, because it's very easy with the craziness of parish life, and it can get crazy at times, um, to just kind of become an automaton, right? Fall into the doing rather than realizing what you're doing. And so, I mean, I've always tried, I've not done it perfectly, but I've always tried to to take that very seriously and realize what I'm what I'm doing, what I'm touching, what I'm engaging when I approach the altar. Um, and also understanding that, you know, for better or for worse, for 50 minutes, maybe an hour on Sunday, maybe the only contact that the vast majority of those 1,100 people have with God is what happens during that 60 minutes. And that is scary because, you know, just as parents in the end will stand before God about how well they formed their children and prepared them for heaven, so too the pastor is going to be judged by how well he pastored the flock. And, you know, that's a heavy reality. I, that's why I pray for the Pope, because he's got a bigger flock <laughs> and the bishop has a bigger flock. Um, and it, it is a burden, but it's a burden of a burden of love, um, even though obviously there are days where it may not feel very loving, depending on what's going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I to have the community, right? So I've had great associates, and it's enabled us to have a nice community in the rectory and to be very supportive. That was especially helpful during COVID because we weren't alone. We had seminarians and priests, and you know, we had a nice little community that worked together to do everything we could for the people. Yeah, I think that could be a whole nother discussion about you know the 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 beauty of of that relationship that you get to share with those other men. Uh, and also recognizing that that's not every priest situation, especially a lot of diocesan priests. Um, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I, I just had two two real quick questions. So if you were to give advice to a pastor, maybe somebody's listening to this, uh, who feels that their church is just in need of 
you know, some life. It, it's suffering a little bit. What what would you suggest, if if anything? Well, I, I would say the first thing is to to examine how he approaches the mass. Um, is it honestly the the center of the parish life? Um, does the mass receive kind of the primary focus, and from there, does everything else take its its meaning? I would say an important aspect of it is, you know, what kind of staff have you pulled around you? And it doesn't have to be paid staff. Not every parish has the resources to do that, but you can find volunteers who are committed and who are who want to be holy and who can help form a a real strong community. And I think that's important. You want to surround yourself with people that are committed to the same vision and committed to really work for the building up of the kingdom. And I think that's central. And, you know, again, different parishes, for lack of a better description, have their own their own styles, their their own kind of qualities and characteristics, but some things remain the same. You know, people can tell if the priest believes what he's doing. That's the only way I know how to say it. You know, if he approaches the altar and it seems like a chore or a joke or an afterthought, then that's not going to inspire anybody to be holy or to take the Mass seriously. And I realize there are people who they want that, or that's what they think they want. But in my experience, it's not edifying, it's not helpful, and in the end, it's not going to form a, a community that lasts and that perseveres, and that deals with you know, times that are difficult. Um, because when push comes to shove, you know, if if Father doesn't take it seriously, why should I? Mm-hmm. And I I just, that's kind of my approach. Um, and I don't have all the answers, but I, you know, I trust in the Holy Spirit. I trust in what God's able to do through the people that have come my way and that work with me and collaborate with me. And that's made all the difference. Yeah. Amen. All right. One, one other question. So similarly to asking about the pastor, um, what about advice for a parishioner who feels that they would love to have a more vibrant parish? They would love to go to St. Mark's, but it's just not where they are. Uh, what would you suggest for them to pursue um, change in a way that that they can be uh, you know, actually making? Well, first and foremost, pray for your priest, right? Pray for your your priest. And then, you know, once a priest understands that, you know, a a person really cares and and wants to be helpful, then I think it's easier for them to say, well, Father, maybe we could have an hour of adoration, you know, once a week. Maybe we could, you know, is there something you think that, you know, we could do to, to build the parish up? You know, generally, most pastors are happy to allow things to happen as long as they're not the one being asked to, to take it on, right? So, um, you know, that that's wonderful. If somebody comes up, Father, I'm willing to do this. I just need you to say, you know, let's do it. And 
uh, I think that is the first step. But the first step has to be prayer, right? That I'm working on my own holiness. I'm praying for the parish. I'm praying for the priest. And I'm trusting that God will do something good. You know, I, it's easy, I think. And it, it happens all the time. I'm sure it happened. at. I know it happened at St. Mark when I came. Um, you always have the folks who were dedicated to the previous pastor or you know, whatever, and they don't like the new guy, and so they'll go somewhere else. You know, don't bail. You know, you know stay and, and give folks the benefit of the doubt and, you know, be open to, to listening and learning and seeing that there may be another approach, another way of doing things, as long as it's within the proper boundaries. And, you know, be a part of the solution. You know, help build up the kingdom. Yeah. Amen. Well, I, I thank you so much, one, for all you do at St. Mark's, but also for coming on and, and chatting today. Um, any final thoughts that you want to share? No, just thank you. Thank you for being being interested. I mean, I, I feel blessed to be here. Um, it's been a, a challenging assignment, but it's been a good assignment. I, I loved, I was 14 years at my previous parish, and that was a great blessing. I would have happily stayed there, but you know, when the bishop says, I need you to do something, then you just do it um, and see it as the as the work of God. And uh, even though the, the first couple of years are always an adjustment and a struggle, um, it's been it's been beautiful. It's been enriching. And in the end, it has made me a stronger and a better priest. And I hope that my ministry in some way has helped others be better as well. Yeah, well, it's inspired me and my wife, and I'm sure we're not the only ones, and it is such a joy to call St. Mark's home. So I, I hope this audience uh, that listens to this, it's all over the country. So, you know, I hope that the people who are listening uh, gain something from this and hearing about it, this wonderful parish, but also look at their own parish and and find ways to, of course, help uh, the Christian life grow there in their own communities. But thank you so much, Father. Uh, and thank you to everyone who who took the time to listen today. And if there's a priest that you know who needs to hear this or a parishioner, please send it their way. God bless. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe and check out goodcatholic.com for more details. Thank you.